You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19, Encouraged by a Millennial and her Gen Z Sister. The last two episodes, 17 and 18, about the relationship between two sisters has triggered some thinking in me that I want to share with you today. There's been quite a bit written about millennials and increasingly more about the generation coming up behind them, Generation Z. But what I liked about our recent episodes was actually interacting with representatives of these two generations, Hannah and Abby Barbeau. There was nothing academic or sociological about it. No theories or research studies, no abstractions. It was all about real-life relationships and day-to-day living. I'm grateful to them for giving us all a concrete picture of how people their age view relationships and what we can learn from them. As I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, I walked away encouraged by what I heard from this younger generation in the last two episodes. Today I want to explain why, so that hopefully you will be encouraged too. To put my encouragement in context, I want to share several observations about Hannah and Abby's comments about relationships we discussed over the last two weeks. Last week, for example, in talking about their generation's relationship to the church, Hannah echoed what I've read and heard from other millennials about the church. Namely, we're really interested in Jesus, but the church, well, not so much. Hannah talked about sin happening in the church and how people have been hurt by the church. She mentioned that the church contributed to broken relationships. Hannah's comments surprised me a bit with how strongly she felt. But I can identify with her feelings, even as a baby boomer. There's a church in our area, for example, where Janet and I used to be members that had the same problem Hannah identified. We ultimately left that church because, in a nutshell, they just didn't treat people very well. Programs were more important than people. Some of my friends were hurt by the leadership of the church, and it was just hard to watch that pattern of neglect. We, we just couldn't be part of it anymore. Their mistreatment of people was not intentional, I'm sure. And to borrow a term from episode 11, they were unconsciously unskilled in loving and ministering to people. But we didn't leave the church. Instead, we found another congregation, another expression of the Church of Jesus Christ, where we could feel part of with integrity. I was glad to hear that Abby and Hannah were not giving up on the church, that they view it as a necessary part of their lives. I really liked what Abby said about what her Generation Z is looking for in a church. Good teaching that speaks to my soul. I really like that phrase. Good teaching that speaks to my soul. Not self-help tips you can pick up at a Kiwanis Club meeting, but good teaching that speaks to my soul. Hannah went on to say millennials want authenticity and vulnerability in the church, where one's faith is integrated into all of life where people's brokenness doesn't need to be hidden. She said her generation wants to see people in their 30s and 40s and older living out their faith. 
Abby said Generation Z wants older people in their life, people who could walk through life with them. They want to be mentored by those who have gone ahead of them. Now here's where I would push back a little bit on this. My experience is that younger generations will often say this, but it seems like it's more of an idea they embrace rather than a reality. When younger generations need help, when they want guidance, they turn first to their peers, not to someone who dealt with what they're dealing with years before. They trust their inexperienced friends more than experienced older people they don't know as well. This lack of trust or lack of confidence in what older people think may be the fault of older generations. Millennials and Generation Z may see such a short supply of older people with wisdom that it doesn't occur to them to think beyond the box of their own age group. Well, this is all, of course, based on general observations and certainly not true of everyone. And you have to remember, I don't get out much, so maybe I'm all wrong. But I would be interested in what you as listeners think about this. I'd appreciate some feedback on this issue. Let me know your thoughts in the comment box of the show notes or send me an email, john at caringforothers.org. Another observation about the interview with Abby and Hannah was their positive view of missionaries overseas and their young adult children back in the States. I love how encouraging they were to both parties in the relationship. The college student MKs here in the U.S., I think it was Abby who said, Stay curious, keep your heart open. College is tough, but you'll make it. Then to parents, Hannah said, If God has called you overseas, stay there. He'll watch over your kids. It's not about the physical distance that separates you. It's the emotional distance. Keep the emotional distance short, and you'll remain close, regardless of the physical distance. I love the example she gave of her 27-year-old roommate, an adult missionary kid whose parents are serving in France. Hannah spoke about how this physical separation from her parents is one means of God developing character. She talked about how resilient her her roommate is. She talked about uh, her roommate finding family in the church and how incredibly important a church family is to young adult MKs with parents living abroad. My last observation is about the quote of the week Hannah left us with last week, where she said, Your job as a parent is not over when your child turns 18. I still need my parents, even though I'm 26. That view is so contrary to what was the prevailing view of parenting during the 1950s and 60s when baby boomers like me were growing up. In those days, most parents really did feel their job was done when their child turned 18. That was the norm. Age 18 marked more of a passage of freedom for parents than children in those days. It was like, you know, it's been great uh, raising you, and I I don't get a tax deduction for you anymore, so I wish you the best. Uh, Be sure to write, and let's stay in touch. That's really how it was. I'm really glad that notion has changed and that millennials and Gen Zers do want involvement from their parents. My final observation, which differs from my last observation, is that my interview with Hannah and Abby raises two questions. The first is, what if I have a sibling and want a closer relationship with him or her than I currently have? What should I do? 
My answer would be to take the first step. You be the initiator. Be the one who goes first. If your overtures aren't received well, don't give up. Try again later. Give it some time. Your sibling may not be ready for a closer relationship yet. It may even be years before they are ready. But keep in mind, no one knows your early history like your sibling. It's worth keeping that relationship door open. And it's worth venturing out every now and then to close the relational distance between you. The second question is, as a parent, what if my adult kids are distant from each other and I would like them to have a closer relationship? What if I wasn't the best parent in the world when my kids were growing up and I failed to create a loving home life that Hannah and Abby talked about? To this, I would say as before, initiate. Be the first one to step forward. Apologize to your kids. Ask for forgiveness. Tell your adult kids, if you had to do it over again, what you would have done differently. Walk the fine line between creating a loving family environment now without over-engineering circumstances to bring people together. All this is at least a start. Now for the encouragement piece. I was encouraged by our conversation with Hannah and Abby in five areas. Five areas I hope you are encouraged in too. Here we go. Number one, I was encouraged that millennials and Gen Zers are not giving up on the church. They don't want to be part of the sin they see in the church, but they want to work to make it better. Their way of doing church and getting closer to Jesus may be different than the way I do it, but they still place a high value in the role of the church. That encourages me. Number two, I'm encouraged by their comment that sermons still matter, and they want something to feed their soul. It's not about eardrum-busting music, Broadway stage productions, or even good coffee in the foyer for this generation. It's about feeding their souls, and that encourages me. Number three, I'm encouraged by the priority they place on authenticity and vulnerability in relationships. They don't want anything pretentious or phony. They want real relationships where struggles can be admitted and where the messiness of life can draw people together rather than pulling people apart. This encourages me. It encourages me to be more like this myself. Number four, I'm encouraged that at least in what they say, their generation values the experience and wisdom of older generations that they want to learn from them, that they don't want to stay confined to their relational box of their own generation. That encourages me to reach out to them a little more than I have been doing and to see what happens. And finally, number five, I'm encouraged that young millennials and Generation Z still want an emotional closeness with their parents. And that just because a parent's nest is empty doesn't mean the job of parenting is done. I'm encouraged by their high view of parenting, no matter what stage of life the child is in. I love being a parent, and now a grandparent. It really keeps me young. Now before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sense. It's this. There is encouragement to be found in getting to know people from different generations outside our own relational box. Well, how can you respond to today's show? Well, let's take to heart advice from my breakfast buddy, Mike, 
my retired pastor friend that I mentioned in last week's episode. Mike said, I encourage people my age to adopt a millennial. Janet and I are taking a step in that direction later this week when we have a millennial couple and their adorable baby over for dinner. I'm embarrassed to say they initiated with us months ago by inviting us first to dinner at their place. And now we're finally getting around to returning the favor. I need to do better next time. Well, coming up next week, we'll be talking about a relationship topic brought up to me by a listener recently. It's this, relating with people who talk too much. I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. Well, let's close now with the quote of the week. And here it is. It's never too late to be what you might have been. It's never too late to be what you might have been. And it comes from George Eliot. George Eliot, as you may remember from 10th grade English, was an English novelist of the Victorian era, the the 19th century. Uh, Her real name was uh, Mary Ann Evans, but uh, she named herself George to get her books printed because women uh, were not getting uh, published in those days. And she wrote the book Silas Marner, which I had to read in 10th grade, the most boring book I can ever imagine. I remember nothing about the book except that it was really thick and had a kind of a greenish-yellow cover to it. But it was boring. Uh, I later became a 10th grade English teacher, and I vowed my students were never going to read Silas Marner. But now, but now that I read this quote from George Eliot, from the real Mary Ann Evans, it's never too late to be what you might have been, I might just go check out that book because I just really, really like that quote. It's so encouraging to to know that it's never too late to be what you might have been. There's still time to change, still time to become the best version of yourself. Well, thanks for listening today. And one last time, be sure to check out Hannah and Abby's blog, Shifting Shadows, and you can find it at shiftingshadowsblog.com. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. May you be encouraging in all your relationships, and may you find encouragement yourself in doing so. Goodbye for now.